Well, today we continue with uh, Ken Goodrich's interview. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out, Ken's wisdom is something that we all need. And uh, as far as building a business goes, building a brand, and uh, really just building something that no one else can build. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Keep watching as we uncover the secrets to building a powerhouse of a small business in the home improvement company. You don't want to miss this. Hey, this is Greg McAfee and welcome to the Greg McAfee show. Now let's get started. Yeah, I, I often talk about the the low price. You're you're in the um, you're in the bloody water with sharks, and there's too many in with you. And when you get into that clear water of the higher price, there's less competition. You know, people expect a good company to be higher anyway. We hear that often. We just expected you to be higher uh, because they're seeing value and they're seeing quality and service, as you know. And uh, so it just, it just, it's called freedom. It gave us freedom. When I took your advice and we raised our price, it's freedom. It took us out of the bloody water, put us in the blue water where all the yachts are, and we're enjoying it now. Yeah. You know, let me tell you how I got there. I'll tell you a quick story. The day I got my driver's license, 16 years old, my dad hands me three service calls. He says, now you go run them, get in the van and run them. Because I could repair an air conditioner by then. Right. So I got my buddy Bob. I pick him up. I don't tell my dad. I, I pick up my buddy so he can ride along with me. And so the first air conditioner, this was a springtime. We get we go up on the roof. And it was uh, it was one of those uh, pillow block bearing blowers. And the, it hit the shaft that eat through the bearing, all that stuff. The whole blower compartment had disintegrated. And it was an old unit. And I said, Bob, you got to go down and tell the customer they need a new unit. Because I was afraid to, right? He goes, no, no, you do it. I go, Bob, you, this is why you're here. You got to go talk to him. You're a better talker than me. So he said, okay, we're 16 years old. He goes down the ladder. He says, you know, tells the customer that, you know, the condition of the unit and, you know, Ken says he doesn't recommend you put investing more money in this thing. It's too old. You should consider a new unit. And uh, Bob comes back up on the ladder and goes, hey, she says she wants it, but how much? I forgot to tell him how much. Well, I didn't know. So I said, $4,800. So Bob goes back down the ladder. Tells the customer, he comes back up with a check. He said, I, I, he says, okay, I told her we'd be back tomorrow to put it in. I said, okay, great. So we pack up, we go. We go to the second job. Compressor shorted, old unit. Hey, Bob, go talk to the customer. Next thing I know, Bob comes back up with another $4,800 check. Then we go to the third job. And the customer says, hey, I was thinking about replacing this thing before you put any money in it, blah, blah, blah. How much does a new one cost? I said, $4,800. She said, okay, well, let's just do that. 
So I sell three jobs on my 16th birthday. You know, the day I got my license, I'd never sold air conditioner for $4,800 each, right? And so I go back to the shop and tell my dad, and he kind of blows his top and says, where did you get that price? I said, well, that's what I heard you charge Mr. Henderson, you know, last week. He goes, that was for a whole house and all the duct, and it was a bigger system and blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, do you want me to give the money back? He said, hell no. <laughs> you, you just learned the first lesson that customers will pay for value, and they value us, and they value you, and they're going to pay for that. And so that was my lesson back way back then that has kind of kept me down that path, and I'm, I'm not afraid to, to make a profit. And by the way, let me throw this at you. Think about it this way, and this is why I tell some customers. Let's say that your target is 20% in net income, right? 20% profit you're going to pay taxes on. Then you pay your typical whatever, close to 40%, pay some state tax, whatever. So you're, you know, at the end of the day, you're at 10, 12 points, really net, net. I mean, we only make 10 cents on the dollar. It's not like we're, uh, you know, making 80 cents on the dollar. We're making 10 cents on the dollar, even by charging correctly. Right. Good. So That's when a customer comes at me and starts talking, I go, well, look, we make 10 cents on the dollar. Can I make my 10 cents? Like, do you, or do you want me to invest in your home by giving you 20% back? Because if I give you 20% back, I'm giving 10 more percent than I actually made. Right. And I'm investing in your home for some reason. I'm not that curt, but you get the point. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a great lesson. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to price, people are just scared to death to charge more. And uh, I was one of them. I'm in Little Dayton, Ohio, and I just... I didn't think I could do it. I just needed somebody to tell me, you can do it. Just do it. And I did. And it worked out well. So thank you for that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad you did. And by the way, you know, talking about hanging out with the yachts and this and that, it, it makes, doesn't it make your team feel like the elite? We're, we are the, we are the elite, you know, we are the, the top um, organization in the city, right? They're proud. They're just yeah. proud. And, uh, you know, our sales team and our, and our service techs, they know we're going to be, we're going to be the higher price. Um, but we still get, sometimes we're three and 4,000 higher than anyone else. And we still get the job sometimes more than that. We were 8,000 higher the other day, still got the job. Um, so it's, uh, it's what the customer perceives in value and what, the, if they want it done, right. That's all. Hey, how'd, you, how'd you get your sales guys converted? Um, I think just by gradually boosting their confidence, you know, when I, when I increased by 30%, the first initial, uh, hike and they were selling them one after the other, and they realized it has nothing to do with price. And then we increased again and again, and they're now they're, I, I think we're where we should be. We might need to increase again. I don't know, but, uh, we're, we're double. We're almost double where we were at one time. I love saying the sales guys though when they talk about like, well, how, how am I supposed to sell at that price? I say, instead of moving your mouth to say the word ten, move your mouth to say the word fifteen. <laughs> right? 
I love saying that to the guys, you know, they get a good chuckle out of it. But when they do it, they say, it actually works. All I did was just move my mouth the different way. That's all it takes. Yeah. So, uh, speaking about the industry and everything um, and where it's going, because I, I sent you a book. I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet. The Titan by John D. Rockefeller. Um, I've been I've been picking at it. That's a big book, though. I you know, but I, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm getting through it. It was the biggest book I ever read at the time. I read it. Yeah. Um, but I call you the titan of a, the HVAC business world, uh, just because you've done things so different than anyone else. Um, but you've never been afraid to take advice. I mean, you've attended how many seminars throughout your career? Um, always willing to learn more. I mean, what what does that say? And what what does that tell our viewers on you know taking advice and listening to people that may know more than you? Well, let me tell you. When my uh, go back to my original story, my origin story. Um, in in one of those episodes, I uh, was looking at Trade Magazine one night, and I saw an ACA convention. And I mean, I was at my last dollars, right? So I said, and you know, it talked about networking and learning, and you know, you know, all the good stuff that these uh, best practice groups bring. And it was in San Antonio, and I said, you know, I'm just going to go. So uh, you know, I took my last thousand bucks and went, and I met some guys, older guys than me. I was probably well, I was. 26, 27, and uh, started talking to him. And and I wasn't afraid to ask advice. I guess that's another thing. So I would just ask, you know. And I didn't have any choice, so I had to get out of the hole. I had to find the answer. So I just started talking to him, and they were open and sharing with me, invited me to lunch. And then, you know, after they started talking to me and figured out that I had a little bit to offer too, you know, we started to form some associations and groups. And that really taught me, like, look, this is where I'm going to get the meat. The best information is these best practice groups where, you know, they have some written materials that I can use to implement on my own the processes. But the most value is the fellowship that goes on between the members. Right. And, you know, you can find find these guys are doing different things. And then the sharing that goes on. Hey, tell me how to run a sales department and I'll show you, you know, how I'm running my IQ program or something, you know, and uh, that has really been um, one of my key learning methods is these these conventions. And then I really have just really been a student of the industry. I got really interested in it, you know, talking about I really wanted out of the business and finding your passion, what I learned was your passion is something that you're good at. You know, if you get good at anything, it's going to be a passion because you're good at it and it gives you confidence. It gives you dopamine when you're doing it. And so I just got good at it. And the better I got at it, the more I applied myself because I wanted to be better. And I kept learning and kept learning. I went to ACA for a long time. And then I joined uh, Airtime 500. And the airtime air 500, I was maybe in my mid-30s and like 
be, you know, every day, you know, they would have the big meetings, right? Uh, you know, you'd go to the seminars. I'd be there 45 minutes early and I would pick the front center seat. That was my seat, front center. I'm learning. I'm coming here to learn. And I would plan, okay, here's what the seminars things. I'm going to go to this one, this one, this one. Here's why I want to, what I want to accomplish in this one. Here's what I want to accomplish in this one. Here's what I'm going to accomplish on the overall thing. I'm going to go to the trade show and vendors. I want to meet with this guy, this guy, and this guy. In other words, I'm going to invest the money and the time to go to these conventions. I'm going to plan it and I'm going to come away with something because it's so easy to go to those things and, you know, hang out, hang out at the bar at night, drink too much, miss the first meeting, and then kind of half-ass the whole thing and hanging out with your buddies and really accomplish zero, right? Which is uh, which I see a lot of guys do. Yeah, it's a party. Yeah, so I just, that's how I learned. That's how I pulled it all together. And then the experiences that I had by selling my businesses six times, you know, and, and dealing with people who know things that I would never typically get exposed to. You know, like I said earlier, acquisitions and metrics and, uh, you know, now I'm in the private equity world. We're dealing with big banking and and uh, big mergers and all kinds of stuff that, hey, sitting in an air conditioning shop, nobody would ever get the opportunity of. Well, so you you uh, educated yourself a lot in the industry. Um, let me ask you this. Where did you learn so much about finances? Because you've got a knack uh, for, and you have for a while, on um, how to leverage money and make money and all that kind of stuff. Where did you learn more about the financial side of business? Well, you know, like I said, I, I, I've always been a math guy. I know math. I'm, math, I'm comfortable with math. And then I, uh, that's why I study finance. So I, I kind of took a lot of stuff away from that experience in college. I never finished college, by the way. I mean, I got to the point where I'm like, I'm making so much money fixing air conditioning. Why Why am I doing this? And I was really getting straight A's in fraternity and uh, less grades and everything else. So I just decided I was going to move on from that. But sure. the, the time I spent, I think, kind of got me there. My dad was quite a businessman and a wheeler dealer. And uh, um, so I picked up a lot of things from him. And then I just got to the point where I decided at a pretty young age, I'm going to check my ego. And by the way, when you have the IRS take everything you got, and you got two guys and $4,000 cash in your pocket, and you got to sell air conditioners every day to, to survive and to eat, uh, your ego gets flattened pretty easily, right? So that was gone after that, and I just remained open. I try to remain open and say, I'm going to try to, to, to find value in everybody I meet. And because everybody has something that you don't know. And I'm going to try to learn from everybody and make connections. I mean, through this whole process, I have. You have done that still today. Yeah. I mean, I sat across your desk and you're asking me questions. What should we do different? What are you going to do this year that someone else isn't doing? Um, so you're not afraid. You you you're one of the largest. You had one of the largest HVAC companies in the nation, and and you're still taking advice from anyone, anyone who knows what they're doing. 
Well, I got to tell you, like, you know, I take guys reach out to me all the time. You know, I wrote the book with Michael Gerber. So, so by the way, I, you understand, I get the e-myth book. I apply everything to it. I build every business I've ever had based on the teachings of that book. And then 20 years later, I meet the guy. 30 years later, I meet the guy. And then he asked me to co-author the book, the HVAC book. with him. Right. So which was quite an honor, right, to, full, to come full circle. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I, I forgot your question. I, I well, you're still, you're still open to take advice today. I mean, why is that? Oh, so yeah, what I was going to say, so I get a lot of people calling me and reaching out to me because of the book, right? And uh, Or, you know, when I speak at some of the, the conventions. But I'll tell you, I don't, I don't care who I'm talking to. Guy's still, still in the truck. Guy's still working for another company, and he's planning on uh, starting a business, and they're calling me and, and asking me questions and such and getting direction. But I'll learn something every single time. It doesn't matter who I'm talking to. There's always some gems. Everybody's got some gems that, that uh, experiences you don't have. And so I, I learned a long time ago, check your ego at the door. Everybody has value and, uh, you know, keep your ears open and you can learn a lot. I, uh, I belong to a group here locally. It was in Cincinnati. And, uh, when I, when I first joined, they gave me some instruction as I went through the door, they said, um, be careful what you say at this table, because you could be talking to a billionaire and you, and not know it. So honestly, if you treat everyone like that, that that they might be a billionaire and they might have a lot more knowledge than you, you could be a sponge, like you said, and learn from everyone. I mean, it's just so wise. And a lot of guys don't do it. I was, uh, at one time I had sold some businesses and I had a non-compete and I was kind of taking some time off. And, you know, I was going to take a couple of years off, but it only lasted about six months. But, uh, I'm, and I'm flying on a, Southwest flight between Vegas and Phoenix. And I'm talking to the start talking to this guy sitting next to me. And I started buying some land and I was putting land syndications together, getting people. We buy land, sit on it. Vegas was growing so fast. We'd wait three, four years and we'd triple our money. Right. So I'm sitting next to this guy and I start talking to him and he, and, and, and I'm, he tells me he's done real estate. So I'm telling him what am I doing? And he said, well, hey, you know, I live in Hawaii and us, um, you know, Hawaiians love to come to Vegas and we'd love to invest some money so that we can write off our trips. And, uh, you know, can I, would you share the performer with me? Maybe we'll do it. Right. And so. Next day, I meet at the office, long story short, he says, OK, we'll take the we'll take the whole thing. I raised two million dollars just from that flight. But here's the interesting thing. I said, how'd you learn so much about real estate? He goes, oh, I've worked for the Koch brothers for the last 40 years. I just retired. I was their chief analyst. And uh, yeah, that's what all I did. The Koch brothers. Right. So yeah, just to your point, you never know who you're sitting next to. That I'm very careful about that. I tell my son that all the time. Okay. Uh I know your time is valuable. Just a couple more questions. We're going to wrap it up here. But speaking of your son, what uh, I think you've taught your children a few uh, business uh, techniques. 
Um, you want to just touch upon that? I know maybe a little bit of real estate, uh, fixer upper stuff like that, because that's just that's good to know for people that um, you've got to pass this on to the next generation, um, like your dad did for you. So my daughter, I've I've, I've really uh, tried to instill in my children that uh, they should own their own business, right? They should be self sufficient, own their own business, aspire to that. Uh, uh, because you know, there's so many great benefits to owning your own company and master your own destiny. So my daughter, she decides in the fifth grade that she's going to own her own record label, and she goes to work on that since the fifth grade, and she's, you know, spending time in music program in school, making sure she getting the best grades so she can get in the right college, all the stuff. Ended up getting accepted to USC uh, in, in Los Angeles, where kind of the music and and music and uh, actor center of the universe, right? And uh, and long story short, she's the top agent in a music management firm, uh, manages artists all over the world, uh, uh, and soon starting her own firm. So, you know, I'd like to say I'd have some hand in that and, and kind of keep it, you know, planting those seeds over time. But she's worked on that since the fifth grade. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And then my son, who just got out of college. He's working on he's he's going to do working on some online businesses um, and and going a few different different directions with that. I'm I'm I've been trying to get him interested in online uh uh in stuff to do with uh hvac and um you know maybe home service kind of online stuff but so far he's kind of choosing his own, own path but yeah he, they're both picking up being entrepreneurial which i really appreciate and i think it's very important to kind of point your children in the right direction and certainly you know where you've had challenges like I have, you know, make sure that they don't fall through those potholes. Okay. Last question. Um, besides the the famous question of what question should I've asked you, um, what's next? What's next for Ken? Well, I'm, uh, I moved to chairman of Gettle and, uh, my new partners have, have, uh, put together a new leadership team to take it to the next level, you know, which I'm proud of. I'm, I'm, you know, this is a place where I guess every entrepreneur ever wanted to be, right? He's built a company, it's scaled, it's got a great, you know, great brand. It has a very nice cachet in the industry. And uh, now he can sit back with a highly accomplished leadership team and watch it grow and, and uh, live off the benefits, the fruits of that, right? So I'm doing that. Uh, I'm certainly involved in the board level conversations and everything uh, every month and kind of steering the ship that way. Um, I'm I'm currently rolling up another industry. I can't disclose it right now because I've got some non-disclosure agreements going, but uh, let's just say uh, this time next year, I'll have a pretty sizable business um, in a in a different but similar kind of industry and I'm going to do the same thing that I've done over the years with air conditioning. You know, I've built, I've built and sold six companies 
uh, with over, you know, 40 branches, you know, six major brands with over 40 branches over this tenure that I've been in this business. So I'm going to go out and make sure I'm not just a one trick pony and see if I can do it in another industry. And I'm pretty excited about it, but you know, Hey, when, when I, uh, when I'm ready to make the announcements, I'll come back on the podcast and we'll talk about that. It's probably something you'd want to do too. Okay. Um, and what other, uh, what would you like to end with as far as, uh, what, what would, what could you tell the guys? Um, and, and we could have guys doing 50, hundred million listening to this. So I don't want to, um, put a cap on people, but, uh, what, what, what are your last comments on this show of advice that you can give the guy grinding it out, trying to get to that next level, whatever that level is, what would you say, uh, in the home service world? Well, number one, I would say you got to be part of, of at least one, if not several best practice groups, right? If you're not in a best practice group, you're never going to figure out your own. You can't rely on hiring people that, you know, came from this company and that company and had some title that they were a general manager, this or that, because most of our competitors didn't do that right in the first place. So guys that have titles uh, without the proper training and the proper organization and governance, they're just guys who, with the title that don't know what they're doing. So you got to be part of a best, pra- best practice group. There's a lot of great ones out there. Um, you know, if you're a smaller guy, I like the ones that are more hands-on, you know, where they got a coach and you got a routine about it and they hold you accountable to grow service excellence, for instance, where they, you know, where they have these coaches. Uh, if you're past that, you have the fundamentals, you know, the other bigger groups, you know, the next stars, the, the, the airtime 500s, the uh, Praxises um, right. um, are, you got to get in. You got to get in one. Always, uh, I think that every HVAC contractor should be a member of ACA, Air Conditioning Contractors of America, because one, they uh, they kind of represent us at, in Washington, uh, not to mention they've wrote the book on how to do it. And hey, all I've ever done is in terms of putting my processes together in terms of how to do it, do the work as I've taken the active processes and made them mine and documented them. And that's what we use and train and use those checklists and such. So you got to get in a best practice group, um, but get one, get one in where the, the operators are serious about your success. Like you can really tell this is going to be a grind and they're going to make me work and do what I'm supposed to do not the best practice groups that are just raw, raw groups. And you're going to come out to a meeting and get pumped up and go back and do nothing. You know, don't do that. Right. So I would say best practice group. Next thing I want to tell you is this, you know, like we talked about earlier, times are going to change. Times are changing, but you just can't, you can't cower. You just got to go at it. You just got to go at it harder. You got to make every single thing count and you'll survive and you'll thrive. A lot of your comp- a lot of your competition is not going to take this advice and they're going to shrink and they're going to wither and that that's the place where you take over. So you should look at this time as an opportunity, especially the young guys who want to grow. This is the time when you can really make it. You know, most people make all their fortune in down markets. Right. So 
this is the time you go. Do not contract. Another thing I want to tell you, there's lots of different ways, you know, to pick up some business that, that you can be a little creative with. Like home warranty is a dirty word to most of us, right? Most people don't like home warranty. I ran into a guy recently. I started talking to him. He converts 30% of every one of his home warranty calls to a $14,000 replacement sale. 30%. That's better than um, the, the the typical lead gen, you know, pay-per-click or anything else. And he gets paid to run the damn call. He's, yeah. he's converting 30%. And I thought, wow. And, and so he's talking to me like, how do I scale it? So I said, well, the most important thing is you can't let the warranty company believe that you're just eroding their customer base. So in your sale, you buy another couple of years of home warranty for that customer inside the sale, make sure the home warranty company knows you're doing it and you're cementing that base. But if you can continue to convert at 30%, you know, I'm, I'm recommending everybody go get some home warranty calls. Um, another thing is, you know, you can have the same conversion rates if you go to Home Depot, you'll be a Home Depot water heater install contractor, for instance. You know, you're getting in the home and it's 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 just a it's a different way of getting into the home. You're getting paid for it. It's not the kind of money that maybe we experience on a on a retail call, but at least you're getting paid for it. You're covered some cost, you're keeping guys busy, and you have an opportunity to make a new customer and a new friend. And you go out and get them that way. Another thing is. Uh, we started ha having this conversation earlier about some of these online wholesalers, right? Retail, I don't know, I guess retailers where they're selling the equipment. Well, those guys need installers. And, you know, we don't like that kind of business, right? We don't typically, it doesn't fit our model, but how about this? Lots of guys are laying off installers right now because they don't have any work. You know, why wouldn't you go make a deal with some of these online installers and say, hey, listen, I'll I'll dedicate, you know, three, four five crews if you can pump business into my market and you go ahead and put it in. At least you guys are bringing in a couple three thousand dollars gross profit dollars a day, which is not bad. You can make money at that and you're gaining a customer and you can sell ductwork and you can, you know, all the ins and ands. So just you. The low-hanging fruit is gone. It's time to climb a little higher. How's that? Absolutely. Finding opportunity where no one else is looking. Right. And that's what you did most of your career. Um, so, Ken, thanks so much for being on my show. I'm honored, sir. Honored to be your friend. And uh, when you get this other thing going on, we'll uh, have you back on the show. But thanks again and uh, take care today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And, and thank you for everything you do for the industry. You know, you've been like I've told you, you know, I, I sought you out because I was watching you from afar and I've always learned from you. And I think everybody listening here needs to understand uh, the value you bring. And so thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. See Have you later. Day. Thanks. And that brings us to the end of this remarkable series with Ken Goodrich the Titan, a true industry icon for sure. Ken's journey from owing the IRS money to making 300 million is incredible. 
And I hope this helped you in your journey, whether you're a small business or a big business, you can learn something from everyone, especially Ken. If you found Ken's story as compelling as we do, uh, be sure to hit like and subscribe uh, below. Head over to Facebook and Instagram and give those a like as well. Join us next week as we talk about the John D. Rockefeller. And until next time, have a great day. Carry on. God bless.